All right, well, hello, everyone. It is so good to be with you. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Lynn, and I work with the College Age Ministry here at Blackhawk. And so I really spend most of my time at our downtown site. Um, hey, Blackhawk downtown, miss you guys today. Uh, but it is always great to get to be here at Brader Way. So thanks for joining wherever it is that you're joining from. Now, it is the time of year where many of us are getting ready for... Report cards, you guys. I know you thought I was probably going to say Christmas, and it actually is time for that. It's time to talk about Christmas, and I'd love to, but today we are talking about report cards. Those of you who are students, you are in the thick of it right now, just getting ready. Like, you've got final exams coming. You've got tests coming. You're probably hoping to get a good grade. And, and let's not forget teachers. I know there's teachers in the space. There's teachers tuning in. Man, you, you are also in the thick of it, getting ready to crank out report cards for your students. You guys are so close. Way to go. Well, I actually brought a report card with me today. And it's not just any report card. I am talking about my very first ever report card in life. It is my kindergarten report card, you guys. It is right here. Um, you can see it says my name, Lynn Hennigan, and this is my report card from Northside Elementary in Middleton, Wisconsin in 1997. You can check out a picture here. This is me on the first day of school with my big sister, looking all fresh. We got our white tennis shoes on. Gotta love a good first day of school photo. Now, I'm guessing that report cards don't come like this anymore. I'm not sure yet. Um, our son is not quite at the age for report cards yet. But this is how they used to come. They used to come in an envelope. And um, you, know, you can see all the important information on there. Everything's digital now. But here's my report card. And I thought, hey, for fun, why don't we just check out you know, a, few of my, you know, a few of my grades? So you know, back in kindergarten, there's not actually a whole lot to be graded on yet. Um, so instead, they just sort of rate, you know, are you displaying certain skills? Are certain things evident? So just for fun, I'm just going to read a few of these. There's really a lot here. Okay. Uh, communicates feelings. I got it. That makes sense. You guys, I love talking about my feelings. Always have. Participates in singing. Okay. I got that too. Makes sense. Notice it doesn't say anything about the quality of my voice, but that I do participate Knows home phone number. Mm, not quite. Demonstrates an understanding of basic math. Uh, nope. Okay, well, there's still time for that. I'm still working on that one today, basic math. And if you can believe it, there is a note that says Lynn is rather quiet, and I'd love to see her talk more with confidence in class. So there you go. My kindergarten report card, you guys. It looks like I was doing pretty all right in 1997. Now, even if you're not a student, I'm pretty sure that we all have reports in life, right? Maybe you have, um, you know, an annual, an annual review coming up in your workplace. Some kind of an evaluation is about to take place. Or maybe you have an, a health assessment of some kind, some kind of a report on the horizon. There are all kinds of reports in life. And isn't it true that when we know we're about to be graded on something, when we know there's a report coming or an evaluation, it just sort of has this way of bringing up nerves in us. It's like, oof, I wonder how I did. You know, I wonder what's inside. I hope that I got an A. Or maybe you're just hoping to pass. <laughs> After all, C's get degrees, right? 
Well, hey, today we are talking about a guy who, honestly, he got a lot of A's in life. His name is Abraham. We have been working through this series called Live This Book, where each week we are continuing um, to really look at the whole story of the Bible, and we're following these major themes all throughout it. And so today we're talking about Abraham, and if, if, you, if you're just joining us, Abraham, he is like a really big deal. He is the father of three major world religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, they all go back to Abraham. He's a big deal. Okay, he's like the kind of guy who, he doesn't need a last name. We just know who he is. He's just Abraham. So to give you an idea of really where we've been in our series, we've spent the last three weeks talking about him, and we've talked about the people of God. We've talked about what it means to be people of covenant. And last week, Pastor Charles talked about what it means to be people who partner with God through prayer. Today, we are looking at what it means to be people of faith. And as we consider, what does it mean to be people who live by faith? There is simply no better place to look than Abraham's life. Because Abraham, he's known by his faith. He demonstrated it all throughout his life. So today, we're going to be looking at really a handful of big moments in his life. Maybe some of them you're familiar with. Maybe some of them will be like, whoa, I never really read or thought about that one before. And let's see what we can learn about what it means to be people who live this way. To start, there is a really great passage about Abraham and the way that he lived in Hebrews chapter 11. So let's read that now. It says, By faith, Abraham, when called to, a place, called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. This is like an amazing highlights reel of Abraham's life. Okay, the very best moments of his life are on display. If these major events in his life were graded, uh, yeah, he's like a straight A student. Like, by faith, by faith, by faith, another A for Abraham, another A for, for Abraham. Think about it, all of the things we just saw. We saw that by faith, um, Abraham left his home when God called him. By faith, Abraham moved to a foreign country and lived in tents. By faith, Abraham and his wife, when they were beyond childbearing years, had a child. And then get this, in verse 17, it says this about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God said to him, it is through Isaac your offspring will be reckoned. By faith, Abraham even offered his own promised son as a sacrifice. Now, let me just say this didn't actually happen he didn't go through with it, but I think it's pretty clear we can see that Abraham was living by faith. It's no wonder he's in the Hall of Fame of faith. It's no wonder this is how we know him. We can see over and over again 
how Abraham trusted God to do what he said he was going to do. He walked by faith. So let's take some time to really look closer at some of these highlights and see what it is that we can learn about Abraham's life. We'll start in Genesis chapter 12. It says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Okay, so when Abraham is 75 years old, God calls him. He calls him to leave his home, and he gives him a promise of land, descendants, and blessing. So God calls Abraham to go, and then verse 4 says this, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. This is a beautiful picture of faith. It's simple. It's straightforward. God called Abraham to go, and it says, Abraham went. Not only did he leave his home, but he actually went and left all of his securities behind. Everything he knew, he picked up all to be obedient to God. We are seeing a picture of Abraham stepping out in a huge way in faith. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but now that Thanksgiving is behind us, I am actually thinking about Christmas <laughs> and all of my favorite winter things. And when I was a kid, there's something that we used to do. We used to bundle up, grab some hot chocolate, and go for a long walk all the way across frozen Lake Mendota. Anybody ever done that before? <laughs> Nobody's ever done that before. That's great. I've done that before. And here's the deal. We would start... Uh, at Mendota County Park in Middleton, and we would walk all the way to the Memorial Union. Okay, and besides the fact that it was freezing, we loved it. It was fun. Now, for those of you who've lived in the Midwest for a while, or you've been on the ice, you know, we're, we're not as afraid to do something like that. We're not as afraid to step out on the ice. We trust the ice. It's normal. We've done it before. But if you're not from around here, and you've never been on the ice before, I bet you'd have some questions. I bet you'd have some doubts. You might be thinking, why on earth would anybody want to do that? Well, as it turns out, there's actually a lot of people that want to be on the ice. Just take a look at this picture of a bunch of people gathered out on frozen Lake Mendota. Okay, there's a lot of people out there on the ice. And it's true, there is some faith involved to be out there. Like, there is a degree of faith to get out on the ice, for sure. But it's not all faith. There are also some important questions that we can ask. Like, how, how deep is the lake? How long has the ice been frozen? Is this the first weekend in December, and it's the first freeze of the year? Or is it February, and the ice is 12 inches deep? You see, if the ice just froze for the first time last night, I don't think I trust that. I'm not going out there. But if it's been frozen for a month, that feels pretty good. Or if I see like an ice fishing hut or a truck in sight, oh, yeah, my, my trust is rising. Or if I see other people out on the ice, I can trust it even more. You see, knowing about the ice actually builds my confidence so that I can step out onto it. The more that I know about the ice, the more my confidence grows and I can step out. It's not blind faith. There's actually reasons to trust it. Let's look back at verse 4 in Abraham's story. It says, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. So God said, go, and Abraham went. Abraham is stepping out in faith. 
Okay, he was human. He was just like us, you guys. He had questions. He had doubts. He didn't know for sure how things were going to play out. But ultimately, he chose to trust God. He chose to step out in faith. That's the thing about Abraham. You see, he didn't just believe God. He decided to do something about it. You see, just like there are reasons to trust the ice, there are actually reasons for biblical faith. God has a track record of keeping his promises to his people, which makes it reasonable for us to trust him too. Now let me just say that knowledge about God can absolutely build our confidence as followers of God. But there's no amount of knowledge we could ever gain that will eliminate the need for faith. It'll never happen because it's a relationship and it's about trust, right? Just looking at a frozen lake does not require faith. Faith kicks in the moment we step out onto it, the moment we participate and we enter in. I love how faith is defined in Romans chapter four. It says this, faith is being fully persuaded that God will do what he promises. Okay, fully persuaded. That's like fully convinced. This is a deep conviction that there is more to life, that, that we are a part of a bigger story. We are a part of God's story. You know, we, we can make it so complicated. What does it mean to live by faith? We make it so complicated, but really it's not that complicated what God is looking for. God is looking for people who will go, you know what, I don't have all of the answers. I still have doubts, but I know enough about who God is. I know enough about what he's up to. I've seen his track record, and I want to I step out on the ice. I want to trust God. You know, this is why we're looking at Abraham's life today, because Abraham was a person who walked with God. Let's look at one more highlight in Abraham's life. So, okay, we know that in Genesis 12, God called Abraham and he gave him the promise. Okay, let's skip ahead in his story just a bit to Genesis chapter 15. Okay, so by this point, Abraham is now living in the land that God led him to. He's in the land of Canaan. It's been several years since God made him the promise. And by this point, Abraham and his wife, they are well beyond the years of having a child. And they are waiting on God to fulfill his promise to build a kingdom through his descendants. Let's read in Genesis chapter 15. It says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. You know what I like about Abraham? <laughs> I like how direct he is. He's not very passive here. He's not very Midwest, honestly. Neither am I. I'm pretty direct. And in this moment, he's like, God, what is going on? What is the holdup? 
He's like, you promised us kids. Guess what? We still don't have any. I'm just checking in here. Where are things at? Abraham is asking questions. He's trying to understand the plan. This is very much like the partnership type of prayer that Pastor Charles talked about last week. If you missed it, you've got to go back and listen. But Abraham is asking questions. And think about how God responds. He says, go outside, look up at the stars. He's saying, guess what? You're going to have more descendants than there are stars in the sky. You see, this is an overwhelming visual of what is to come. God is reminding Abraham, look, I stand by my promise. I stand by my promise. And just wait, it's going to be even greater than you can imagine. And then verse 6 says this, Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham asked questions. Abraham sought understanding. And even though he didn't know fully how things were going to play out, he continued to walk with God. This is another A for Abraham. This is another moment that would absolutely be a highlight in his story. This is what God is looking for. He's looking for people who don't have all of the answers, but who are committed to walking with him. Now, it's easy to read a couple of stories like these and go, wow, like Abraham, he had his stuff together, right? Like Abraham, he lived by faith. It even says he was living by faith when he died. It's like he was just crushing it all the way till his very last day on planet Earth. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, it is. And there's also more to Abraham's story. So with the rest of our time, I'd like to look at a few stories that, let's just say, didn't quite make the highlights real. You may know some of these stories. Some of them may be new for you. But to do this, let's go back to Genesis 12. Let's go back to just after God called Abraham to leave his home. Remember, God said, go. Abraham went. And look what happened immediately after in verse 10. It says, now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Okay, so just to recap, get us all on the same page here. God called Abraham to go, and Abraham took a big step of faith. He followed God. He was obedient. And then he gets to the land that God led him to, and difficulty sets in. There's a famine. And what did he do? He fled. He fled to Egypt. He left the land that God led him to. He took matters into his own hands. It's like, Abraham, what are you doing? God just led you here. You had faith to follow him there, and now, like, you're leaving? It doesn't exactly look like Abraham is living by faith. And spoiler alert, if you keep reading, it gets a little bit worse. <laughs> In verse 11, it says this, As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but let you live. So say you are my sister, so that I'll be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. Okay, just imagine this. Abraham is afraid for his life. He's like, the Egyptians, they are going to kill me when they get a look at you, my beautiful wife. Yes, we're all wondering what Sarah looked like. He says, so we need a plan. Here's what we'll do. Lie, say that you're my sister, 
and then I'm going to get to live. You know, ultimately, Abraham decided that the best plan was to tell a lie. And he even brought his wife in on it. Seems pretty obvious that Abraham isn't exactly living by faith in this moment. And if you keep reading, this isn't a one-time thing. 25 years later, Abraham makes the same mistake. He tells the same lie. He doesn't learn. He's like, oh, her? Yeah, she's, she's my sister, not my wife, my sister. Now, maybe you're thinking, okay, he definitely shouldn't have lied. Like, I'm pretty sure we can all agree lying is not good. But is it really that big of a deal? Let me just tell you, if my husband, AJ, lied and told people that I was his sister... <laughs> It'd be a pretty big deal to me. I'd be like, excuse me, what did you just call me? That's not going to fly. But again, it comes back to trust. You know, this is a big deal. Abraham was overwhelmed. He was afraid. But instead of trusting God to protect him, he took matters into his own hands. Sure enough, um, when They got to Egypt. The Egyptians saw how beautiful Sarah was. They took her, gave her away to be with Pharaoh. And at this point in the story, it honestly looks like God's plan is coming unraveled. I mean, think about it. God promised Abraham he was going to have a child through Sarah. Okay, It is a critical part of the plan that Abraham and Sarah have a child so that God can build his kingdom through Abraham's descendants. So Sarah being taken away, being like out of the picture, that meant the whole plan was in trouble. You see, Abraham, he told a lie. And that one lie had major consequences. He put God's entire plan at risk. Now, eventually, God does intervene. He gets Sarah back from Pharaoh, and Abraham and Sarah get out of there alive and well together, and they move on. And what we see in the story is that even though Abraham went way off track, God's promise was never truly in jeopardy. It's no wonder that this story didn't quite make it into the Hebrews 11 by faith passage, right? It's not exactly a highlight in Abraham's story. Now, there was an event that happened that led to all of this. Do you remember what the event was? Let's go back. Let's look again at verse 10. It says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. There was a famine. And when the famine hit, Abraham got lost in his circumstances. You see, famine is kind of like a crisis. And when crisis comes, it can actually cause us to doubt if God can actually be trusted. Have you ever had a crisis hit your life? It's like one minute you're living by faith and then all of a sudden something happens and your life gets interrupted and it's like, uh, I feel like this ice is about to break through beneath my feet. I feel like I'm starting to slip. It's in these moments we can start to doubt that God really has us. We can start to second guess his plan. I don't know about you, but I relate to Abraham in my own life. 
I can go from totally trusting God in one moment to completely doubting him in the next. It's like one minute I'm going, God, I trust you. And the next I'm like, God, like, where are you in this situation, in this relationship, in this circumstance? Has that ever happened to you before? When crisis comes, it can mess with us. I think back to when my family was going through divorce. I prayed and I prayed that God would bring our family back together. And in the midst of this crisis, that was my prayer. And you know what? It never happened. And it's hard every day of the year. It's especially difficult on a holiday weekend, as many of you know from your own experience. The world is not as it should be, and it's hard. I'm pretty sure we all have big things where we thought things were gonna go one way and they went another way entirely. The reality is we are not that different from Abraham. Just like Abraham, we can take matters into our own hands. We can go from trusting God to God, where are you in an instant? That's the thing about famine. That's the thing about crisis. It has the potential to really shake up our faith. And it can actually cause us to go, can God really, I mean, can he really be trusted? I know that there are many of you today who are facing real crisis right now. You are waiting for God to come through in a really big way in your life. For some of you, you thought your life was going one way and it went that way. And you're like, I don't know what to do. For some of you, you are facing the loss right now of someone that you love. For some of you, you are dealing with the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, the loss of something important to you, the loss of health. There are those of you who thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with someone, but somehow that plan got interrupted, and that's not happening anymore. There are those of you today where your biggest longing is to be parents, but you can't get pregnant, and you would love to ask God why. I'm pretty sure we all have big things that we are praying for, that we are waiting on God for. And honestly, I think this is one of the biggest reasons that people stop walking with God. Because we pray for something, and then it doesn't happen, and then we can at times lose faith. For many of us, this can be very difficult. You know, I think that it's true for most of us that when we pray for something and it happens, it's like, praise God, that's amazing. Our faith goes like straight up. It's like, are you kidding? I prayed for that. God heard me. He answered my prayer. Is there anything more faith building than that? Like my prayer was answered. But what about when we pray for something and it doesn't happen? And what about when we've got our whole community group rallying around it praying? And what about when we're on our knees praying and we're committed and we're praying according to God's word and we do feel like we have faith? What happens when those prayers aren't answered? Well, sometimes it can cause our faith to to kind of start dropping. And it's like, well, I didn't think it was going to go that way. And it can be kind of discouraging. And it's like, well, where are you, God, in that? And at times, it can result in us losing faith. In my own life, I have seen many people that I love stop walking with God for this exact reason. And that's why it's so important for us to be really clear about what it is that God has promised us. 
Here are the things, some of the things that God has promised us. He has promised us that he will always be with us. He has promised us his Holy Spirit to be in us, moving us toward who God created us to be. He promises to forgive our sins, to partner with us to fulfill the mission. And Jesus promises ultimately to come back to restore the earth and for resurrection and eternal life. These are things that God has promised. Now let's take a look at some of the things that God has not promised. God has not promised the healing of illness, every illness. He has not promised protection from suffering, and he has not promised material prosperity. This is a really difficult list, and I honestly don't always like this list. But if living by faith means trusting God to do what he says he will do, we need to know what his promises actually are. Living by faith does not mean that God will give us everything we ask for. Living by faith means continuing to walk with God no matter what we may be facing. That's what we've seen in Abraham's life. We see these highs and these lows and these A's and these low grades, and he continues to walk with God. You know, think about it. We began our time today looking at some of the highlights in Abraham's story. We saw his A's. We saw these incredible things he did. But what about some of the stories that we just read? I mean, really, what kind of a grade do you think these stories would get? Just think about it. Okay, um, he fled to Egypt when there was a famine instead of trusting God. Okay, we'll give that a C. Okay, it's not great, but there's worse things that he could do. Okay, he, he lied about his wife, and he put God's entire plan for all of humanity at risk. Yikes, we'll give that a D. That's really not good, Abraham. And finally, he lied about his wife again. He's repeating past failures. Not good. We'll give that one maybe a D. Maybe we'll grade on a curve. <laughs> so how can this be? How can these possibly be the same guy, the same person, the same Abraham who is massively commended for his faith in Hebrews chapter 11 is also the same guy who totally blew it and missed it and almost threw off God's plan entirely? Well, there are a few things that we can learn from Abraham's life that can help us to live by faith today. The first, first lesson is this. Living by faith means we can bring our questions and doubts to God. Abraham, he brought his questions to God. He didn't hold back, and we get to do the same thing. You know, part of following Jesus means we are going to have questions, and I would even say the longer you follow Jesus, the more questions you're going to have. That's why we like to do life in community. That's why we invite you to join a community group or join Blackhawk Bible study or get plugged in in some way where you can actually bring those questions, but ultimately bring those questions to God. Another lesson from Abraham is that living by faith means trusting God to fulfill his promises. Faith is reminding ourselves every single day that God can be trusted. It means that when crisis comes, we are remembering that God keeps his word. It means navigating life and everyday decisions, big and small, while fully persuaded that God will fulfill his promises. And finally, we learn that living by faith means we can keep walking with God even after failure. 
You know, we've seen Abraham's report card. We've seen all of his A's, but we've also seen that at times he entirely missed it. But even after he blew it, he continued to walk with God. You know, when we fail, when we blow it, we don't want to face God. When we've screwed up, we want to run away. But God wants us to run to him. You see, we think that what's in this report card, we think it disqualifies us. But it's not like that with God. No matter what you've done, no matter what grades you have, no matter what's been a part of your story, God's like, I love you, that's my child. You have a place in my story. If you are willing to trust him, he is going to use you. And when I was a kid uh, walking across frozen Lake Mendota, uh, we didn't always know what the path was going to be like. Sometimes it was clear skies, and sometimes it was kind of snowy. We couldn't see too far ahead of us. We knew where we were headed, though. We knew our destination. You know, it required faith to get out on the ice, and it required faith to keep going. Today, as we consider what it means to be people who live by faith, there's a reality that there are tons of people already out on the ice. There are people in our own community out on the ice. There are people like Abraham who've gone before us. We can see his footsteps on the ice, and we can be encouraged by his story today that no matter what we may be facing, we can continue to walk with God. Yes, we're going to have doubts. Yes, we're going to have questions. Yes, sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're only going to be able to see a step or two in front of us. But we know where we're headed. We know his promises. We know our final destination. So let me ask you, how are you doing with trusting God today? You know, maybe today you realize that you've never made the decision to step out on the ice and put your trust in the one who is faithful. You have not made the decision to put your trust in Jesus, and today you're ready to say yes. You're ready to take that step and get out on the ice. You're saying, God, I still have questions, but I want to trust you. If that's you, praise God. <laughs> there are others today where maybe you realize, you know what, I've been out on the ice for a while, but somewhere down the line, I, I stopped trusting him. Like, I've lost faith. Maybe something difficult happened, or you've been grasping for control in some way, and today God is reminding you, I've got you. Keep walking with me. We'll go as slow as you need to. Just keep walking with me. Don't walk away. And for others today, we know what we need to do. There's something in our life, perhaps, that God has shown us, that he's calling us to do in faith, and it's going to be difficult, and it's going to be hard, but we know that we need to do it. We know that it's time to take a step out in faith. For all of us, God loves us more than we can imagine. And for those of us who place our faith in him, his promises are guaranteed. He doesn't need us to get all A's. He doesn't need us to be perfect. He just asks that we trust him. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for the chance to gather and for the chance to reflect on your goodness and your faithfulness and your promises. God, I know that there are many of us today who are waiting on you to come through in really big ways, God. There are things that we're looking for, and I pray, God, that today, no matter where we're at, we would be encouraged to know that you're with us and we can keep walking with you. 
God, I pray we'd be encouraged by Abraham's story to see that we can bring our questions, we can bring our doubts. It's not even about how we perform, God. Our report card does not matter. What matters is that we keep walking with you. And so I pray that we would feel that very real invitation today, every one of us, as we enter Advent, as we get ready for the season of expecting you, Jesus. I pray that we would be focused on you and we'd feel the lightness of walking in relationship with you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.